You're tuned in to the Kojo Namdi Show on WAMU 88.5. Welcome. Three years ago, newly commissioned Second Lieutenant Richard Collins III, a young black man enrolled at Bowie State University, was killed by a white man while on a visit to the University of Maryland campus. In the intervening years, Richard's parents, Rick and Don Collins, have worked to keep their son's legacy alive through the creation of a scholarship foundation in his name, as well as advocating for the passing of a bill named in honor of their son, which expands the definition of a hate crime under Maryland law. Joining me now to discuss this is Don Collins, the mother of Second Lieutenant Richard Collins III. Don Collins, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Kojo, and thank you for having me. Also joining us is Rick Collins. He is Richard Collins III's father. Rick Collins, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Kojo. Rick Collins, can you recall for us what happened to your son on the morning in the wee hours of May 20th, 2017? Yes, on the morning uh, in question, we were contacted uh, later that morning by the Maryland State Police. Two state troopers came and rang our doorbell and uh, gave us the news that uh, our son had been murdered. And we were to contact the University of Maryland campus police office for further details. And that's how our day began. Can you tell us what you eventually found out happened that morning? Um, After arriving at the uh, University of Maryland Police um, Department headquarters, uh, we spoke with the police chief, and he explained to us that our son had been standing at a bus stop uh, on the campus in front of uh, Montgomery Hall uh, with uh, two friends, talking to them when some uh, white males, strange white male, walked up out of the shadows and was yelling something indecipherable to them, came up and approached them all and told them to step left if you know what's best for you. My son said no, and he stabbed him in his heart with a three-inch knife. Your son later died from his injuries at the hospital. Don Collins, tell us about your son. What kind of person did you raise him to be? He loved all people, all races. It did not matter. And he was a man of service. We're third-generation military, so therefore it was important to Richard to serve his country. So I'd like people to know that he was a patriot and a person of service. Rick Collins, when was the last time you got to see your son alive? The last time uh, we saw him alive was that Friday before. Um, we had lunch together. He had uh, been out celebrating the night before, but he came home that morning, and uh, we had lunch together as a family, and that was the last time we saw him. He went back out uh, that evening to meet with friends, and uh, he was spending the night with friends, so that was the plan. Your son was commissioned on May 18th uh, on the campus of Bowie State University, and it was after the celebration for that that you saw him for the last time. Although your son was commissioned by the military at the time of his death, Mr. Collins, you and your wife struggled to have the Army recognize his title. Rick Collins, why is that, and has he since been recognized? Uh, Yes, that is accurate. The reason we were told at the time is that the way that Army policy was written, that the actual commissioning ceremony was just that. It was ceremonial and his official date for being uh, promoted to active duty status would take place once he arrived at his first 
command for training. We've since uh, been able, through the help of our uh, state, uh, not state, but our congressmen and state senators, uh, been able to get the Army to change that, and there's been a change in the Army policy uh, going forward that would affect all cadets so that they will be uh, automatically recognized as officially members of the Army uh, in the future in a situation such as this. Don Collins, how long did that struggle take to have the Army recognize him? Well, it's been a three-year struggle. He, Yes, they have recognized him, but as of yet, they still have not uh, given us any benefits uh, associated with that. We're still struggling with that part of the story. It took three years for that to be accomplished? Why so long? <laughs> Policy. That's what we've been given. Uh, we've appealed to the, all the way to the Secretary of Defense and what we've been given time and time again is this is Army policy. Rick Collins, you mentioned this, but exactly how have the military standard practices changed with regard to ROTC cadets who have been sworn in? Um, the uh, new policy covers ROTC cadets so that in the event of some catastrophe such as happened to our son, they will be covered as full-fledged members of the military. That means they'll be eligible for all of the honors and uh, benefits that are typically awarded to a service member who is killed or dies while uh, on active duty. So that will provide them with the protection that wasn't afforded our son at the time. We're really grateful that you both have agreed to join us to discuss what became a very public story, but which for you is a very private grief that you have been enduring for a long time. And we are particularly grateful because of the time at which you're joining us, at which time protests are going on around the country. It seems to be a moment of reckoning. reckoning. So I'm going to put this question to both of you. First, you, Don Collins. When it comes to racial injustice, what do you make of the protests happening right now? And do you think we'll see real change? I pray and hope that we see real change. But... The protest to me is a is symptomatic of a bigger problem. This ill of racism has been always a part of my life growing up through the years. So I do always have a hope. We are always taught to hope. And that's what I see for our future, that we have to not be quiet but know that, A, we have to vote and we have to know and hear what's being said and our voices have to be heard. We have to be a collective. Same question to you, Rick Collins. My hope is that this will be more than just a moment, but it will actually be the, the path of this movement going forward from here on so that there can be true racial healing There'll be true racial healing going forward. That's my hope. Don Collins, in 2018, the state of Maryland created a scholarship in the name of your son to support students in ROTC programs at historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. Tell us about that scholarship and what it means for your son's legacy. Well, it means everything to me that that's, that scholarship will be bestowed upon uh, students that attend the HBCUs. Something that happened at my son's homegoing service, of course, 
uh, I was in no form or fashion able to have a coherent question or answer. But Senator Mike Miller walked by and he cried with me and I begged him, don't let this be in vain. And he, along with other delegates, made sure that that scholarship was bestowed on us, to us, at the HBCU located in the state of Maryland. So we are thrilled with that. Rick Collins, you and your wife also created the second Lieutenant Richard W. Collins III Foundation. What do you hope to accomplish with that? That's correct. Our hopes and desires for our foundation is to use it as a vehicle to promote social justice and civic education uh, throughout the, the nation. And a part of that is reaching out to all communities, um, regardless of race, to encourage participation in the civic and political processes. Uh, My wife mentioned voting, that's key. Uh, Also, making sure that people understand in order to vote, you must register to vote. And also, we're hoping to act as a platform to support student educations. We have, as my wife mentioned, a scholarship currently out there um, with the that the state of Maryland approved for ROTC cadets. But we're also partnering with Bowie State University in a scholarship to be awarded to students uh, for uh, interested in social justice and, and civic education. So those are some of the things that our foundation is looking to work on throughout the community and the nation. You can find a link to that foundation at our website, kojoshow.org. We're talking with Don Collins and Rick Collins. They are the parents of 2nd Lieutenant Richard Collins III, who was stabbed to death on the campus of the University of Maryland by a white man in May of 2017. Don Collins, you both advocated for the 2nd Lieutenant Richard Collins III law, which passed the Maryland legislature earlier this year. What effect does that law have, and what impact do you hope it will have for other families. The impact of the law is that no other family will have to feel the distress that we felt the day that the judge threw out the hate crime because in his opinion, it did not meet the Maryland statute. And when that was done, we partnered with state's attorney, Brave Boy, to lobby in Annapolis to have that law changed so there wasn't such a high bar. So if any event of a family having to go through this process, the bar won't be so high to have it called a hate crime. As I understand it, Rick Collins, at the time of your son's court case, the state's attorney wanted to put up a charge for a hate crime. And as I recall, the state's attorney at that time was Angela Also Brooks, who is now the county executive, And you later partnered with a member of the General Assembly, Aisha Brave Boy, who was then in the General Assembly to get that law passed. And Aisha Brave Boy is now the state's attorney for Prince George's County. What was the nature of your relationship with with those two elected officials, Rick Collins? The relationship uh, was purely, I guess, in the official capacity of uh, both individuals, both the uh, County Executive uh, also Brooks and State's Attorney uh, Brave Boy, uh, essentially trying to communicate our feelings uh, concerning what had happened to our son. And well, we're running out of time in this segment. We're going to take a short break and pick that up when we come back. But I was just glad to see that they both obviously stepped up in that situation. Going to take a short break. 
I'm Kojo Namdi. Welcome back. Later in the broadcast, we'll be talking about a surge in the sale of books about racism and about the black experience in America. Right now, we're talking with Don and Rick Collins. They are the parents of 2nd Lieutenant Richard Collins III, who was stabbed to death by a white man on the campus of the University of Maryland in May of 2017. Rick Collins, your father was also a member of the military as well as the victim of an untimely death. What was his story? Yes, my father was murdered also by a white man uh, in 1954, five months before I was born, or four months before I was born. And that white man, it is my understanding, was never charged in Tarboro, North Carolina. That's correct. How have you kept the memory of your father alive within your family? Well, I've kept the memory alive simply by relating the stories that I heard um, as a as a boy, young man. Um, those were the only stories I have because I never met him. He he was murdered when my mother was pregnant with me and I was born four months later. There are over 50 years separating the death of your father and the death of your son. Is there anything in your mind, Rick Collins, that differentiates the two murders? The only differentiation for me is the fact that when my son was murdered, he had the, I guess, good fortune, if you can say that, of having witnesses there and video cameras recording you know, the crime, whereas my father didn't have those advantages, hence why the murderer of my father was never prosecuted and never spent a day in jail. How have the tragedies that your family has endured affected your views of race in America today? This question for both of you. I'll start with you, Rick Collins. My view of race in America is that there has been no change since race was created as an issue in this country when uh, black Americans were brought here. Don Collins, same question to you. My views of race in America is that there are segments of the population like ourselves where we are taught to, if you do certain things that you will be able to overcome the circumstances. But we've been shown time and time again that America has not lived up to that promise with us as being citizens of America, especially black citizens of America. Here is Troy in Arlington, Virginia. Troy, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Mr. and Mrs. Collins, my sincere condolences. I was following the case closely as I am a retired Lieutenant Colonel, second generation, and a sentencing for Sean Urbanski was supposed to occur, but the pandemic hit and it was suspended, and I was wanting to know if you could share any news on that aspect. Thank you. Rick Collins? Yes. Um, the latest that we have, uh, you're correct, it was suspended, and we're still currently waiting to be notified by the courts when it will be rescheduled. And, Troy, thank you very much for your call. Here is Janet in Washington, D.C. Janet, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Collins. Thank you so much for all of your work um, that you've done on scholarships and changing the law to benefit young people. 
I was wondering if you had any recommendations for places like University of Maryland, which some feel were neglectful in addressing hate on their campus, on what you would like to see happen in the future. First, you, Don Collins. First of all, we have to acknowledge all universities that there is a problem with hate. And in acknowledging that, we can then talk about it. And when we can talk about it, then we can do something about it. But first and foremost, must acknowledge that this is a problem and not sweep it under the rug. Rick Collins. Yes, uh, our thoughts are we're hoping to engage not only, as my wife stated, with the University of Maryland, but through our college campuses throughout, because this problem is not just a local one. It's a, it's a national problem. Here is Betty in Bethesda, Maryland. Betty, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Kojo. Um, I just want to offer my condolences to the Collins family. This is just beyond the most horrible thing I can imagine. And I just want to say I'm the daughter of a Holocaust survivor. So um, I, I think the German community, the German Republic, has done something to come to grips with the horrors of that genocide. It will not be until the American public in total uh, comes to grips with both Native American genocide and the, and the forced uh, enslavement and genocide of the um, African Americans that they brought over at the beginning of this country, that until that happens, there will not be peace. And I'm hoping in some way that this current unrest and protest brings us to the brink of that realization, and, and I don't want to say civil war again, but I, to some degree, this has got to be the pivotal moment to change, um, getting rid of Confederate statues, doing all of that, and then the work that the Collins family is doing to uh, inform and educate the college community, which is open to change, is just magnificent. So thank you for all those efforts, and that's all I have to say. I appreciate it. Betty, thank you for your call and the expression of your sentiments. Don Collins, you first. What steps do you think Americans have to take in order to reckon with the long history of racism, the issue Betty has been talking about? Uh, as I forestated, uh, Kojo, I, I believe sincerely that it has to be acknowledged that there is a problem. And if you don't acknowledge the problem, you can't fix it or even come to grips with it. So as Betty forestated, we must, all Americans, come to grips with that there is an issue with race in the United States of America. Same question to you, Rick Collins. I believe that it's going to require some introspection uh, of all Americans to really give an honest assessment of what is driving your motivations for viewing people in that particular way. Until that self-reflection is done on an individual basis, it's going to be difficult as a nation for us to heal from the problem of racism. Rick Collins, protests across the country against racial injustice are still ongoing. What would racial justice in America look like for you? For me, it would look like something where everyone can expect fair treatment, no matter what your race or creed or religion is, you should be able to expect that, and that should be the first thing that people look at you as. You should be judged based on things that people will say or stereotypes, but understanding the, the character of the individual. And I think the, the best way that 
the only way we're going to accomplish that is by not prejudging people when we see them. Don Collins, what would racial justice in America look like for you? I'm going to piggyback on what my husband's saying, getting rid of the notions of prejudging and going back to something that Dr. King was saying, the knowing the character of the individual. The person that murdered my son did not know that he was a military officer. He did not know what he had attained in the military. He did not know that he was a paratrooper. All, in my opinion, he saw was the color of his skin. So the prejudgment of an individual that we have to have a psyche and understand that that is not the essence of that person because they have melanin in their skin. Rick Collins, the murderer did not know that your son was a military officer or could not know that military involvement has been in your family for generations. So what do you hope will be the legacy of your son? I hope his legacy will be that we are Americans. While we all have our differences as to how we came to this land, once we were in this land and we became citizens, we are American. And there is no hierarchy or tier system You know, we don't have a caste system. We're all Americans fully. And that is the message that I would like to send. Rick Collins is the father of 2nd Lieutenant Richard Collins III. Rick Collins, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Kojo. Don Collins is the mother of 2nd Lieutenant Richard Collins III. Don Collins, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us, Kojo. And good luck as you continue your work on the legacy of your son. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be discussing a rise, a surge in the sale of books about racism and the history of racism in America. I'm Kojo Namdi. <laughs> 